we? Like, what are we doing? What are we even doing? You know? And um, so I start to get a little bit antsy, you know, but I like really don't want to be antsy, but I'm antsy. And so I get to a point where I'm like, this dude is dragging his feet. I need some clarity because I like him, and if he doesn't like me back, <laughs> Oh gosh, who died? That's what I always think. Like if I get that phone call, and so I um I got this. 
one of the most significant phone calls I believe that I will ever receive in my life. And on the other end of the phone was uh, a woman who today is currently my boss. And she called me and she said, hey, what are you doing? And I said, hey, I'm about to get married and I just moved to Michigan. And she said, well, listen, she said, I, uh, she started an organization in Denver, Colorado. It's a nonprofit. It's called Life Bridge Nashville. And she says, oh, my God. God is doing some incredible things in Southeast Asia. She said, we are overseeing three orphanages in Thailand, and God has moved us into Cambodia, where we're working with families who live uh, right on the border of Thailand and Cambodia, uh, and they live, uh, they're, they're incredibly poor. They're kind of the outcasts of their own society. And she says, I want you to come work for me. And I was like, what? And I, I just, I didn't know anything about international community development. I didn't know anything about orphans, except for me. I was the only orphan that I knew. I was adopted. Some of you may know that story. So I was like, I was like, what in the world? And, and so something about this was stirring my heart, even though I was completely not qualified and completely caught off guard. And then she says this, okay, here's the kicker. I thought the kicker was going to be, well, sorry, I don't live in Denver. I just moved to Michigan. She said, no, listen, that's not a problem. She said, we'll, we'll, we'll fly you out to Denver, we'll fly you out to Asia, we'll just, we'll just work this, you know? Like, everyone's working not from, or working from home or whatever these days. And so, then she said, then she said, but she said, I can't pay you. I'm like, I'm sorry, did you just offer me a job, but you can't pay me? I got it, I'm sorry. And she said, I can't pay you. And she said, you're going to have to raise your own salary. Because everything that we do, all of our work is, is uh, funded by generous and faithful donors. So you're going to have to fund your own salary. And I'm like, whoa, I'm about to get married. You know, I've got a wedding to pay for. And then she says this, she's like, and also the, the area in Cambodia that we're working in is uh, on a minefield. Like literally this land is filled with mines. It's a hostile area. And so I'm like, let me get this straight. You are offering me a job. You can't pay me. You can't give me health insurance. But they're going to put me on a minefield. <laughs> <laughs> out of I'm like, nothing about this job. It sounds like something I should do. And yet, I was so deeply stirred by it. And so I go to Prison, and I'm like, please don't not marry me. Um, that, because we're about to get married. And I just said, I feel like, I, I feel like something about this is really stirring me. I don't know if I can ignore it. And he, for some reason, he just says, he just levels with me. And he was like, you know, the, one of the leading causes of divorce in America is, is finances. Like, we, one of the things we're so excited about is that there's shared income. You have a good job right now. And, uh, and so I was like, I was like, yeah, you're right. You're right, you're right, you're right. This, this is crazy. Let's just not do it. And so, we, so he said, well, wait, let's just pray. Let's pray. So we take some time and we pray. And he, the good man of God that he is, called my dad. He called my dad and he's like, listen, I don't know what to do here. Like, she's really thinking about this, but I, like, really don't want us to suffer financially. We're starting a marriage. Like, maybe she could wait a couple years, something like that. And my dad says to him, he just says, you know what, Prithipin, the more I hear about this, the more I'm hearing about this opportunity, the more I realize Marisa would come alive in this job. She would come alive. Not only that, but I would really encourage the two of you to trust God to be your provider, to trust that he will come through for you. And I and I really appreciate that you're thinking about how to take care of my daughter financially.
Sometimes you don't know where to start. You're like, oh, I don't know where to start. I don't know what my resources are. You're selling yourself short. But I want to say to you, you are highly favored by the by God Almighty. You are highly favored. Some of you, some of you need to recognize that God wants you. Maybe it's just serving at a church. Maybe it's finally to stop church shopping and to find a church home. Maybe for you, you need to you need to you need to do something that that just really you've been talking about for so long, and you just need to follow the assignment on your life. This last quote I'll share is from a guy named William Booth, and it says this, the greatest of a man's power is the measure of his surrender. Would you sur to surrender to Jesus for your life? Would you align yourself? You know, I just want to say this. Favor is for purpose, not for a position. And this is what I'm realizing. This isn't about just us. This isn't about just us following the assignment on our life, you know, the divine assignment on our life. Um, for ourselves. It's to change the freaking world. And I really mean that. And I'm really excited about that because that's what happened to Mary. And you know what? Too many people are on the, are on the other side of your surrender. Someone needs the book that you should be writing. Someone needs the songs that you should be producing. Families need the houses that you should be building. You know, my mom went back to school when she was 50. She did not know how to write like a correctly cited paper, but she did. She went back and she did that. And man, you can come on up. People are on the other side of your divine assignment. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that you can make an impact? You know, I want to tell you a story quick about Scott Harrison, who is the founder and CEO of Charity Water. Anybody heard of Charity Water? You heard about that? It's an organization that is bringing clean water to millions of people in the world that don't have clean water. And Scott Harrison was a man who actually moved to New York City and was um, a club promoter, a club and bar promoter, kind of like the, the club we're in right now. He was a promoter. He was addicted to alcohol, addicted to drugs, and was completely living for himself. And uh, one day, he, he somehow he uh, realized he was kind of sick of his own life, sick of his own settling. And so he went ahead and uh, he, he took a trip to Africa somewhere. And he saw for the first time people who did not have clean drinking water. He saw impoverished communities for the first time in his life. And to this day, you guys, this is what happened. God interrupted his life. This man will tell you today, I am no longer a club promoter. I started with just promoting the poor, promoting people who needed this clean water, because that's all I knew is how to promote. So I started with that, and to this day, he has rallied the world to give six million people who didn't have clean drinking water clean drinking water. One of the most basic of needs that we all need. So I just want to encourage you today I want to encourage you, will you surrender? This is the quote that he says. He says, we're living in the most remarkable time in history. If there's ever a time when these huge problems can be solved, it is certainly today. You know, I pray that this, this sermon isn't just like a new, new me, 2018 pep talk, but that the scriptures would really touch your life. That you will recognize that Jesus will overshadow you. He will be with you to follow God's design and on your life. And I want to say this. I want to say, in, in two weeks, we are doing something here. I believe, let me just say this before I say that. I believe that not only as individuals do we have a divine assignment on our 
but this church has a divine assignment. This church has a divine assignment to love people, to be here, to share the gospel, because a lot of people are hurting and need the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the assignment. We're not here to have a position in this city. We're here for a purpose. We're here to love and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in two weeks, we're going to give you an opportunity to partner with us. We want to raise $26,000. This isn't just a regular offering. This is a best gift offering. I'm sorry, it's not two weeks. It's literally next weekend. I'm sorry. December 17th, not two weeks. Next weekend. Would you pray? Pastor Raymond and I are praying even right now. What would God have us financially give toward $26,000 so this church can go into 2018 on assignment? Aligned with who God is. Ready for him to be strength in our weakness. So I want to encourage you. Would you pray about that? Maybe you're saying, we're still checking this church out. That's okay. That's okay. Would you invest? Would you help us reach out? I believe that all of us together, as a church, we can reach that $26,000 goal. We have vision. We have vision. We're launching small groups in February. We're launching seasons of the church. We're on the rhythm of the church. We want to partner with local outreaches here in the city. We want to help other church planters because we got so much help. We're working week 13 because Jesus sent some people to help us. And we want to help others. So I encourage you to give, to give your best gift. Next week, $26,000. We are on assignment. We're here for a purpose. And I know some of you may not know Jesus this morning, and some of this is crazy talk. It's okay. But I want us to, I want to give you an opportunity just to know him and to accept Christ into your life as a real part of your life. So I'm going to ask us to bow our heads. And I'm just going to ask you to, if you've never accepted Jesus into your life, I, I want you on the count of three, just raise, just slip your hand up. I don't, I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want you to slip your hand up really quick, and you can put your hand down. But on the count of three, if you are someone that wants to surrender your life to Jesus, give your whole heart to who he is, I want you to slip your hand up right now on the count of three. One, two, three. Just go ahead and slip your hand up, you can put it right back down. Okay. Awesome. Well, you can open your eyes. And for those of you that just accepted Jesus, and for all of us that are together here, let's go ahead and read this prayer together. Accepting Jesus. Maybe it's the first time you're praying this, and that's okay. But it's your first time or your hundredth time. Let's pray this prayer together. Lord Jesus, I need you. Let's do it together. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Take control of my life. I turn from my old ways and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. If you accepted Jesus for the first time in your life this morning, there's a connection card on your seat that we'd love to to fill out. We'd like to talk more with you about that. So God bless